I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and joining me on the other line, lounging on this Saturday night at the Satellite Branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Someone likes her Saturday this nights is my, this mellow. Is, this, is, this is my NPR voice. <laughs> We haven't had to do you NPR voice. We haven't had to do NPR voice since we thought our parents were listening regularly. <laughs> you never know; they could just check in. <laughs> it's sneaky like they'll that. Check in, and, and it'll just me be going whap whap whap. <laughs> Listen, if God didn't want us to have whap, he wouldn't have made Judge Joe Brown so hot. <laughs> oh, so. Such we, a good line. We, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into that, friends. This is episode one hundred and ninety nine. It's the pirate episode. It is the pirate episode. Surprisingly, no piracy was involved in the making of this episode, which is a rarity. It is. It is. Why is it episode one hundred and ninety nine? Because we refuse to celebrate episode two hundred until the world resets itself into some sort of normalcy, which may be never. Cases are on the rise. You are discouraged from seeing your friends. <laughs> and family. And family. Yeah, they're pretty much acknowledging the whole social circles concept. Kind of kind of went off the rails here in Ontario. It, it was never a good idea. <laughs> they should have just been like, continue not to see people. <laughs> <laughs> don't see anyone aside from who you live with. That's where we're at now, again. I don't live with anybody, so... Looking forward to just riding that metal cylinder of death to work back and forth every day. Woo! Wow. Friends, if you want to listen to any of our other episode 199s or any of our other 199 episodes, just look us up, Geek Down Podcast, wherever you get your audio content, your Spotify, your Stitchers, your Apples, your Googles, wherever else you get it. SoundCloud, the show still lives there, still chilling, but you don't have to go there. You can go wherever you want. Hit follow or subscribe. And then do you know what happens? Caitlin, my God, do you know what happens? I, I do, I do actually. Well, tell me. Well, you have to do the thing. <laughs> she, she couldn't wing it if she's so used to. It. I have to set her up. Caitlin knows, but she doesn't want to say it because we have a rhythm here, <laughs> finely tuned over two hundred plus episodes, but not really two hundred. When you hit follow or subscribe, new episodes of this program are going to be directly downloaded to your device, delivered with care by your man's. Chauncey, Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh my god, girl, he's just going to drop those episodes straight into your device. You don't have to do anything else. As established, you can't do anything else. You can't go out and get those episodes. Keep your ass at home. Yeah, we, we are doing you a service, and so is Chauncey. Chauncey is just out here. He's an essential service. He's the essential service. There's no other service as essential as Chauncey the Geek Down Internet Elf. Also, if you have symptoms, he's a doctor. <laughs> he's also a knight I forgot he was Sir Chauncey for the longest time Oh yeah He's probably low-key Salty, he's spicy That we haven't uh, 
We haven't been calling out his knighthood as frequently as we should. Friends, if you would like to reprimand us for not calling out Chauncey's well-earned knighthood, you can do that on any social medias, primarily Twitter. Get up off Twitter. At GeekDownPod, although there is a Facebook, which will occasionally get updated, sometimes I, d- days I after I, days after I the episode it. goes live. You know what? <laughs> you it did do it, though. You did do it. You did do it, and I was so happy. It was like three days, and I was like, is she ever going to do it? But she did. She uploaded, she I updated that Facebook page. It was funny. It was engaging. Your girl has a clear voice. You can always tell when she's posting instead of me. It's because I'm nicer. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, if, we all know it's true, though. If you want that ray of sunshine, it's like a dusty orange Julius in the old mall of social media. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com slash GeekDownPod. If you'd like to thank us financially for all the joy we bring to your life, we appreciate it. We thank you for your support, though we do discourage it. Save your money. If you're drowning in money like Scrooge McDuck and you're, like, choking on gold coins and you need to offload some of it, you know, okay. okay. There are circumstances. If you just got, if Uncle Justin got you too caked up during lockdown, you're like, what am I going to do with all this? I need to launder this money. Well, you can give us three bucks. ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod we'll take it off your hands because we're we nice like that we nice on the mic like that friends there is a momentous update that we have to give you as we wrap up cinematic september and that is at the age of how old are you 34 i just turned 34 the age of 34 i was gonna say 33 i was close your girl caitlin mckinnon is in driving school i am i am in driving school how was driving school, Kate? <laughs> Today was my first day of driving school. Yeah. Two weekends of Saturday and Sunday. That's it? And that's, well, that's the in-class. Oh, okay. And then there are 10 hours of on-the-road driving. Um, and then you can pay for more, but, and then there's 10 hours of homework, which I did not know about. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Um. And it's taught by this, like, great Russian lady who, like, is not afraid to be like, if you have a projectile in the car, you're probably going to die. <laughs> like, if you get into an accident. You will so get I'm, like, on impaled. The way home, I'm telling Chris, like, we have to, like, camp this down and we can't have, like, random water <laughs> bottles in the back Se- Secure this. <laughs> yeah. So she told us a story about a guy who, like, like, he bought some gas with, like, a debit card and, like, threw the debit card on his seat, the seat next to him. And it Im- he got into an accident, and it embedded itself into his body because it was going so fast in the accident. Because it's just this light thing, but it's sharp. Sharp like a knife. Um, so, yeah. So, crazy. Uh, but I was also... The oldest person there. How do you do, fellow kids? Uh, never. I've I have not felt this uncool since I've been uh, since I was in high school. <laughs> like I just I still don't really think I'm old. Like I'm like thirty four. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not old. Yeah, it's it's technically not, but. Well, like, whenever I say that and there's, like, someone who's actually elderly around, they're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, they're like, I will, I will, like, clothesline you. <laughs> they don't like to hear that. Um, but I'm thinking in terms of, like, when I was 16, 34 was just, like, lifetimes away. Ancient. Ain't, 
ancient, ancient. Um, and like you have weird observations when you're 34. Kids cannot pay attention. Um, like some of the kids were like tweaking because I couldn't. Cause she, it was a small class. We were social distance. Everybody had masks on. So she could see very clearly what everyone was doing. And she was not, she was totally fine with calling out and being like, put your phone away. Like, this is a class you need to pay attention. She didn't say, like, I'll fail you, but basically that was it. No TikToking. And, you know, like, and so, like, there's this girl who was, like, down the aisle from me and just was, like, tweaking, not being able to to look at her phone. Um, and that's very generalized statement. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I don't, I don't blame teenagers because all they've known is their phone. I know what it's like when I want to look at my phone and can't. Occasionally, my phone's been out of batteries and I'll forget like 63 times <laughs> and like pick it up and be like, oh, fuck. you know, like I get it. I'm, this is not a blame thing, but it's, it's probably more of a like, maybe we should think about that. Right, like any kind of habit-forming activity, like it's probably not great that that they can't pay attention for a stretch of two hours before lunch, and then like a stretch of two hours after lunch. Um, but anyway, so it was a very interesting experience. I learned so much about driving and cars. Legitimately, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not being like. Uh, I learned so much about driving. No, I really did. Um, and so now, when we were going home, I was like, what kind of insurance do we have? Like, what about this thing? And Chris was just like, oh, great. <laughs> like, oh, great. She knows things. I was going to say, this has just been my thing for the past, like, seven years. And now you know things. Well, not, not even that. Just, like, the whole demands of, like, we can't have any random objects in the car. <laughs> like, just, you know. Have you? Do you do your your checks before you drive? I have. I've never seen you do your checks. <laughs> you have never checked your. You've never checked your rear view. Yeah. Well, more it's like this check, like when you are about to drive, and the lady was, like, she was like, you don't have to be like circling your around your car like a crazy person. She's like, but these are the things you should notice. It's like checking behind the car, checking under the car, you know, for for kids or for animals or whatever. <laughs> Making sure that your car, there are no cracks in the windshield or in the body of the car. Um, you don't have any flat tires. You know, just like really general, like your 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 mirrors and your windows are clear. Like really general things. Japanese UPS driver. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, oh, like that cute Japanese UPS driver. She was great. Check, check uh, I should have a like her. It's just really like me wanting to have checklists. We know what this is. <laughs> um, it's like finally one more thing to list. <laughs> exactly. And um, I didn't know that there was going to be homework. Um, I probably it probably says on the website specifically like <laughs> ten hours of at home, and I was thinking it's like something we needed to read, but it's like legitimate homework, not difficult. But <laughs> she um, was like, everyone's going to do a topic in the class. These are the list of topics. Pick your topic. I'll go through and I'll ask. So my topic is car components because I don't know enough about, like, I like to know how things work mm -hmm. if I'm going to be driving it around um, as, like, a, you know, because it's basically a giant weapon. Uh, so I'd like to know exactly how to, you know, use this robot I'm driving. Um, it's I think of it as a Gundam. Let's just be clear on that. <laughs> 
Um, so I did car components, not knowing that she was going to be like, okay, you present tomorrow. So after this podcast, someone has to do a PowerPoint on car components. Well, to that end, we will try and bash this out with light and tight with a purpose this week. So Kate can find out what a carburetor is. I'm not even going to go in that, that deep, I don't think. I'm going to be like, this Door. is your engine. These, this is the body of your car. Like, it's five to ten minutes. She's not, like, looking for... You know, uh, my final thesis. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, though. Like, it's five to ten minutes. Are, are you just taking it upon yourself to do a PowerPoint, or was a PowerPoint requested? No, no, no. She said you didn't have to do a PowerPoint. <laughs> I am wanting to do a PowerPoint, because <laughs> yeah. I have a chance to make a PowerPoint. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Someone gave that assignment two claps. <laughs> like, Ooh, PowerPoint. Ooh, PowerPoint. I also could have done a poster. But I think PowerPoint is more my lane. <laughs> a fucking poster. <laughs> I'm just walking with a potato sack that says I know. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm going to love kids driving school stories so much. But shouts to you, shouts to you, because, you know, I'm 42 and I had, you know, a permit once in my life and just because, you know, I'm contrarian and grew up in the automotive capital of Canada. So it was like, fuck cars. I just saw these like (laughs) bros, these country bros with their pickups, like (laughs) tooling around all the time. And I was like, that ain't me. So the first thing is there was another girl there when I was like, I think I'm probably the oldest. She was like, oh, no, I probably am. She was like 28. I was like, boom, 34. It was so hard for me to not be like dunk on her. I just be like, 34, bitch. Um, but she also, same boat, like has had her G1 for ages. Not, It was not something that she needed. I think she did grow up in Hamilton, unlike me. But I just, you know, I'd said I, from Toronto, transited everywhere, didn't need it, wasn't going to be buying a car or had didn't have access to a car. Right. So what was the point? Um and then moved to Hamilton and have found myself kind of, it's a kind of a freedom thing. It's also an independence thing. It's also a, you know, Chris is busy. He's got a, you know, full-time job. It's, it's not up to him to make sure, like he's always been very kind about it uh, and never a problem. But I also don't want to like, if he has to work late, I don't want to be like, well, now I can't do grocery shopping. Right. Mm. Like all of that jazz. Anyway, so, but the lady was really nice. She was like, you know what? You are not even close to the oldest <laughs> person I've had take driving classes here. She's like, the oldest person I had was in their 70s. You know, her her husband had passed away. Her son, I think, had moved away. Her daughter lived in Vancouver. She had a car in the driveway, had never gotten her license because didn't need it. But now she was like, I don't want to be stuck at home. So I do not want to be that. 70-year-old lady stuck at home. And now you won't be. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get in the car and like they're like, oh, yeah, no, no license for you. I mean, listen, when I had my permit last, I lived here, and I would much rather probably learn to drive in Hamilton than, than Toronto. Although I feel like if you learn to drive in Toronto, you are forged in the, like, fires of hell. So. Oh, my gosh. I cannot get over how much. Chris is a great driver. 
when he's in Toronto, he's just like wants to punch everything. <laughs> I've never seen someone get so stressed out so quickly. It's it's mostly pedestrians, right? And oh, I'm a dick pedestrian. Being, I am a dick. Being am... being a like a for a long time a Toronto pedestrian, I get it. But some people like the whole being on your cell phone thing. Oh. That but, bugs me but now. Look, but look, and I'm a but passenger look, in a car. Here's my thing. On behalf of on behalf of uh, pedestrians, if you pull, if it's not like a lighted intersection, if it's just a stop sign, and you pull into the like crosswalk, and I have to walk behind your car because you've pulled that far out, I'm spitting on your car when I go by. I just damn. Jordan. Oh, I've done that for years. Oh, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> if you curl your tongue, I you can like you can like hawk a loogie like a like a cherry pit. Oh, it's just... ew! Don't I don't like spit. Um. <laughs> Like, what an odd substance to have a problem with. Pedestrian, like I see it all the time. I've even walked with people who it's not their, the little man isn't. It's still the hand. It's not the little man, and they're they're walking, and I'm like, people are turning left. <laughs> they're gonna hit you. Stop it. But yeah, I think everyone just needs to know the rules of the road a little bit better. Um, but anyways, it's just it was fast. It was fascinating for various reasons and on various levels. Well, that's, that's, that's cool. I will tell everybody how my uh, project went next week. You please, you know what? Include yeah. a link. <laughs> Include a link so we can post it. Send me, send me the deck when you're done. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> we'll post it. We will post it on the Twitter. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> We're gonna post Kate's elements of the car PowerPoint on the show Twitter. Components. Compo- sorry, components. God, Jesus. Someone went to Rojays dot com, Thesaurus dot com. Let me hit up <laughs> its components, not elements. Uh, news: There is some in the world. Oh, <laughs> not the least of which is the president getting coronavirus. We ain't going to talk about that because he deserves no time on this program. I wish him a speedy but painful recovery. Um. Brief items of note, brief little tidbits, little trailer updates that I saw out there, here and there. Uh, apparently, there's a new Peanut show, I just learned. What? There's a new Peanut show on Apple TV. Oh, God. But it's straight throwback. It ain't CGI. It's like 2D. It's the Snoopy show. Definitely seems to have that. Listen, the second I hear Peppermint Patty yell, hey, Chuck, can you tell the weird-looking kid to be quiet? <laughs> like... Shit makes me laugh. I got a soft spot for peanuts. What do you want from me? Uh, so I need to let you know this. I fucking hate peanuts. <laughs> the show was fucking over. You're a bad person. You're a bad person. How have we gone? How have we gone? A decade of friendship and 199 episodes, and this has never come up before. I don't know, but I hate it. What I is hate your it so much. What is your beef with peanuts? It probably comes back to the fact that I wanted to watch real um, good cartoons, and then they'd play Peanuts, and I just want to break something. It's not funny. You're a monster. You're an actual monster. They're monsters. (laughs) Cannot, cannot believe it. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I might just cut this entire element, y'all. You might not even hear this. I'm going to cut this entire segment. I am disgusted. If you have a soul in Apple TV, which are probably two things that don't go together, <laughs> you can watch the Snoopy show whenever that drops. 
Also fun for me, maybe not for Kate. This came out a few weeks ago, but I forgot to mention it. Uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid getting a second season. Oh, great. Don't you owe great me. Anything that brings Kana back into my life to just eat crabs and bugs and look adorable and go Kobayashi. There are so many shows that I think deserve a second season more. That's all. And you can just revel in your wrongness. Because we get more, we get more big titty dragons. <laughs> it's never what I went for. But I mean, I know, I know it's why y'all go there for it. And that's, that's not fine, but it is what it is. This will come from Kyoto Animation. Again, we don't have a release date, but sometime in 2021. I don't know how anything is getting made right now, but apparently things are getting made, including the headline story for the week. The Marvel pipeline just keeps on moving, Kate. Slowly but surely. So we had we had our She-Hulk announcements and our and our weird sub announcement of an Ant-Man three movie last week. Uh, we never talked about the Wandavision trailer, but I mean that came out. That's going to hit Disney Plus sometime this year. Sam Jackson getting a Nick Fury show at some point, and That's cool. probably the the biggest news of the week in general, and certainly as far as Marvel is concerned, is the announcement that Brick City's finest Kamala Khan has been cast and will be getting her own show. On Disney what? Plus. Did oh my you, god. Did you not what? know this? No. What? This came out earlier. Ah. What's what's the deadline article? Uh, September 30th. So yeah, a few days ago. So playing her will be Amon Vellani from Markham. Shout out Markham. Shout out Markham. 905 in the building. Uh, she seems to be a relative unknown. There's one photo of her. <laughs> Every article has shown the same press photo. Which I heard on the Chris and Andy show was like from a pamphlet from tiff like a year ago like two years ago for something she wasn't even like involved on camera for i don't know so this is fantastic um if you are not familiar with kamala khan aka ms marvel she was um created by the writer g willow wilson and the artist i believe it was adrian alfona she is a young pakistani muslim girl from jersey city bridge and tunnel across from you know the major marvel universe and was really in the comics a key component in sort of like returning marvel to it's like street level outsider you know, peter parker type stuff she's a teenager she's dealing with the family and friend stuff as well as dealing with these like you know powers that she got um she's technically an inhuman i think this was from that weird thing where marvel was trying to like use the inhumans to tell X-Men kind of stories. Mm-hmm. How like, you know, anybody could be born a mutant. Well, we don't want to play with mutants anymore. Cause we don't own, we don't own the, we don't own the X-Men for film and TV anymore. So uh, now it's the Inhumans. And they tried to make that awful show happen. And something happened where a bomb went off and that mist that makes Inhumans kind of scattered throughout. So now they could just use that. They could just mist away any sort of new, new heroes. And that's how, how you got Kamala Khan who, uh, loved Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel and took on the mantle of Ms. Marvel. And apparently she is going to jump at some point into, like, MCU proper. What? And will play a part in, like, Carol Danvers' stories going forward and things of that sort. I don't know how many episodes this is going to run. Some of the credits on this Deadline article. Oh, Feige is on record saying that Kamala will appear in future Marvel films. Which, I mean, they're clearly banking on this 
character. She's in that Avengers game, which apparently the storyline is the Avengers split up and Kamala's the one that gets them back together. Marvel and the Streamer recently named Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, Charmin Obaid Chinoy, and Mira Menon as directors on the project, and the writer is Bisha K. Ali. So, I mean, on the production side, representation is well, is well established. And included on this deadline story is a tweet from Kamal Nanjiani saying, I just saw the cast Ms. Marvel and legit got teary-eyed. Congratulations, Aman Valani. Your work is going to mean so much to so many people, myself included. I can't wait. So. I'm too excited. Time to embiggen, y'all. And Kamala, if you've never, I mean, I'm sure you can probably go on like Marvel's Comixology or the Marvel Comics app or Hoopla or whatever. Just grab that first, at least the first trade of the OG G. Willow Wilson, uh, Ms. Marvel stories. Oh my stories. god, do you think Lockjaw's gonna show up? I can't. <laughs> Didn't they try to do Lockjaw on the show, on the, like, Terrible Inhuman show? What Terrible Inhuman show? They never made an Inhuman show. That would be ridiculous. Are you doing that second season of Heroes thing right now? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Heroes has only had one amazing season. Okay. And no others. Okay. Okay, champ. <laughs> Great news for all. This okay. <laughs> just let me have this. Yeah, Disney Disney Plus just doesn't hit all the time. I mean, really, like I have not. What have I used it for since you know Mandalorian dropped? And since, since I gave you the documentary on the Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> what have I used it for besides the Mandalorian and all Mandalorian related content? Uh, not much. Simpsons reruns. That's about it. But, you know, when they start firing off this Marvel stuff, you know me, I'd much rather park my ass and let it roll over me like a like a wave of content on my streaming service than certainly not now going to a movie theater. But, yeah, this is going to be – this is going to be dope. And even in this one press photo they have of this girl, like, I can see it. Like – Oh, yeah. Like, she's got this this little, like, sheepish grin on, and it's like she's going to, like – Unless they, like, fuck it up early, which I don't believe they will. Like, this kid's going to be a star. So, congrats to her. Congrats to Kamala. Congrats to all involved. I mean, really. Kamala's probably the most important character in Marvel since Miles Morales, so. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Updates, Caitlin McKinnon. Uh, not much. Star Trek Lower Decks continues to be great. Um, I have not stayed up with Lovecraft Country, which is driving me nuts because Ooh. the last couple episodes have looked amazing, and apparently they're fantastic. Um, and so I keep on like being like, when like I can't fit it in, right? Because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to watch one of the episodes I'm behind in and immediately need to watch the next one. So I'm like, where do I have a two-hour block yeah, a solid of two hours. time? Um, so instead of watching long things, <laughs> I have been watching a lot of stuff on YouTube. Hey. So as usual, it's very weird. <laughs> um, it's like real-life mystery stories, like people disappearing and <laughs> them not having like any idea how or where they went. There's a YouTube thing called Australian story. They just have all these stories. So it happened because I was like, there are these crazy mystery stories about people disappearing. And then there was, um, this, the, the death of a woman in Australia. And it basically was about, um, you know, why it wasn't really investigated and how it most likely was her 
boyfriend at the time, basically she got beaten to death. And he was like, oh, she overdosed, but there was nothing in her system. See, these are the things I like, right? But it talks about, like, the evidence, and it talked about um, a podcast that was made by two um, – they weren't retired, but they, they no longer worked for the Australian police. Um, and they started this podcast because this case really haunted one of the police officers because it was never really investigated, and he didn't know why. So he sort of brought it to light again after years and years and years. So now there's an inquest into it. Just this fall it started, um, which is, like, huge. Um, and it's just interesting, like, the power of podcasts and the power of bringing information to the public. And anyways, it was actually very interesting. But then there's a whole series of uh, different types of stories of people's lives and incredible things. Um, also, um, people have to stop being awful to their partners because – Partner like uh, abuse and like death still one of the highest number one highest uh, reasons women die. Anyways, fun stuff. Um, then there was also I don't know how I got onto it. Uh, oh, it was because I probably watched some sort of um, you know cop beating on a black person video because there are so many of them. Um, and I got to these. It basically it's like a videos of courtrooms uh real life courtroom stuff um and there's this guy called the dui guy who like gets people off of dui charges um but it just was fascinating the like process um and you know the role of the judge and the prosecutor and it was fascinating um and then jordan told me or sent me a video and it was of Amber Ruffin's new show, which I did not know she had. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just watched, like, all of the clips of her show. Um, So, yeah, Amber Amber Ruffin is a writer on... I believe still is maybe on the she, yeah, late night is. with Seth. She still does both shows. Late night with Seth Meyers. Do you know how often her show is running? Is it weekly or a few times a week? Or I, I don't know. I because it's on a, a apparently Canada can't get. Um, it's running on Peacock. Yes. Uh, which is the NBC which Universal. We can't. We can't get. Um. So yeah, she's a writer on that show. Kind of broke out. Um. Primarily, I think for her recurring segment, Amber says what, which is just like. I saw I saw X and then I was like what <laughs> and I com- and she comments on it. She's delightful. She has a cackle that maybe supplants Caitlin McKinnon's as the best cackle. <laughs> what? Um, it's Ouch. close. It's close. Yours is still. You had one earlier off mic. I think that that re-cemented your position. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't do it on command. Don't dirty it like I- that. I didn't meet you. It's just my laugh. I can't help it. Um, it's like the snort. I don't do the snort on purpose. It just happens. So, yes, Amber has her own show now. Um, and the clips that have made YouTube already are just pretty solid. The one I selected as, like, Kate needs to see this is Your Fun Auntie, where... She's just like, that's the one I gave Kate that I know Kate's going to love. And I will say the one, the moment I knew I was all in was the theme seems to be on that first episode, especially is just like, you know, things are terrible. 
let's give you some things that aren't. Um, so in the you're a fun auntie clip, it's like, you know, things are rough. You know what you need if you don't have one? You need a fun auntie. And then she just pretends to be your fun auntie. It's just like, first of all, you look good. Is your job running you down? Because I will Venmo you some money right now. (laughs) (laughs) And then, because it's Caitlin McKinnon, oh, it is cold in here. (laughs) But I don't like sweaters. Sleeves make me feel trapped. And she just puts on, like, this giant scarf. And I'm like, Caitlin McKinnon. Um, The one that I loved was, it starts off as this, like, really touching, like, I believe the segment is called I Shouldn't Have to Say This, but... And it's it the you matter. It's, it's you. The, oh. But she does a few things besides that. Like, I shouldn't have to say this, but, and she does you matter, and she talks about, you know. I, I, I know, because I, for once, in like, never has this happened in the history of this podcast, posted something on the Facebook, which was not just a post about an episode. Did you? It was about the skit. Yes. She talks about a lot of intense things in that segment, and then enters what she calls the come down the cool down the cool oh my god and the second she said she's just naming things that are meant to like relax you she's like a candle that smells like angela bassett (laughs) (laughs) and i'm already dying and then she's like a shirt that feels like a hug from angela bassett (laughs) it's like amber ruffin the, can the, can you do best. any wrong? I do not think you can. So yeah, find her on find her on YouTube. The, the best is the end though. Which is a man with 2020 vision confusing you with Academy Award nominee Angela Bassett. A large dog barking at a white man. <laughs> <laughs> my my probably the one that initially got me in that was the a perfectly cooked lasagna. <laughs> Oh, uh, so no, as you can the see, the reason I post posted that sketch specifically to the Facebook page was because she feels the same way we do about spoilers. That is true. Stop getting mad about spoilers. If you don't want me to spoil something for you, watch it. <laughs> that is true. Thank you, Amber. You got anything else? Um, just I don't know how it came up or why it came up but apparently there's a terrible made for t- uh made for tv movie called uh adam's family reunion and i may have to watch it adam's family reunion yeah it's supposed to be the third in the adam's family i guess trilogy but Is basically after all, all julia the died different oh, okay <laughs> yeah and like tim curry place Gomez Adams and this is the part that just like I can't understand Daryl Hannah as Morticia oh Daryl Hannah well we don't like that we don't like any of it Daryl Hannah you're good at a lot of things but replacing Angelica Houston I don't think is one of them that was the other trailer speaking of uh, replacing Angelica Houston there's a witches remake coming to HBO Max yeah yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> That's all we'll say about that. My updates. My regulars continue on uh, spreading the gospel of decadence now. Gave that to somebody who was like, what was that thing you told me to watch? And then they like binged five episodes. And I was like, yeah, you did. (laughs) Still dope. I think we got one episode left on that. The boys. 
Hmm. Still good. I don't want to say it's not still good. However, I need a win other than they have escaped somewhere. That's what passes for a win on the boys. You know me, Kate. Why do I watch anything? I just want Yuri to get that one punch in the stomach that makes him think about it for a second. Right. I need Homelander to get that. I'm 15 episodes in on this show now, and there's no tangible win. I need just Kimiko to punch him in the face and have him, like, pause for a second. Just need him to pause. I know he's fucking Superman, and he's... It's not like Billy Butcher is going to kill him with a gun. Like, just give me something. We're venturing into, like, too dark territory on the boys. Oh. Because the overarching plot line is ultimately becoming the sort of, like, xenophobic, you know, hate immigrants, racism type of thing is bleeding into it. And that's fine. You can still do that. The show is still exceptionally well made. But, like, what passes for a win is, like, they have escaped. I, you gotta give me something a little more than that. There's one episode left. And, like, if you leave me with this, like, sense of just dread and hopelessness again, we're like, cool, they scurried away back into their little hole. Meh. Meh. That's rough. It is rough. That's rough. And, like, this year, I don't need it. You gotta give me something a little, a little brighter. So let's talk about some things that are brighter. Oh. I want to shout out an Instagram account, first of all, which just occurred to me. Okay. Um, okay. So in the 90s, maybe up until the turn of the century, maybe just into like the early 2000s, one of the main sort of influencers in Harajuku street fashion was a magazine called Fruits. Okay. And there's an Instagram account called Fruits underscore magazine underscore archives, which just posts old photos from Fruits magazine of like Tokyo kids. In like their 90s fashion. It's never been bad. <laughs> <laughs> you just scroll through and BuzzFeed News will be like, the world's on fire. And then there's some like, you know, young couple in their like thrown together neon punk sort of aesthetic. And it's like, yes, thank you. Thank you for that palette cleanse. Fruit Magazine Archives. I did something not too deep into it. I don't know if I will be. I don't know if it's quite at like Kumpf wallpaper show yet. But it could be. And there's a lot of it. Kate... Yeah. I finally watched Shit's Creek. What? What is in You Can't Believe I Did or that I hadn't up until this point? That I can't believe you did. Like, I, I've i seen quite a bit of it, and I there are parts that I just adore. Um, if anybody wants a, a taste, and because they're wary, because it's a Canadian television show, which we will get into in a second, uh, just look up. Look up a compilation of Alexis saying David on YouTube. <laughs> I, I just, I will, I cry like every time because it's so good. Ouch, David. Oh my God. Ew, David. 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 What? Um, I have heard and I can see that uh, first season not as good as the, the later seasons. So it might be a hard hang for a bit, but that's. So, common with Canadian television shows. Like, how did Jordan get to Shit's Creek is the is the story here, and Kate just alluded to it. Yeah. So, this is a Canadian TV show, uh, I believe the brainchild of icon Eugene Levy and his son Dan Levy. Levy? 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 Levy. This is Levy? weird now. Now I'm confused. I feel like all my life it was Eugene Levy, and then Dan came I'm around sure and he was Levy. Dan Levy. 
Are you sure? Are you sure he's not Levy as well? L-E-V-Y. Pronounce it however you want. We're going to go with Levy. Uh, <laughs> if I'm wrong, at me. Just sort of like this sort of like Green Acres type sitcom about a family that loses all their money in a sort of like their their accountant, you know, squandered all their fortune. Um, they're awful people and they end up having to live in the only asset they still own, which is this town that the father bought as a joke gift for the son. A town called Shit's Creek. And so it's, again, it's Green Acres. It's rich people going and, like, mingling with the proletariat type of thing. And that's all I really knew about it. And I, I thought I had a read on it when it first launched years ago. There are five seasons now. And then this yep. sort of, like, the sort of Netflix bump happened where episodes would, you know, seasons would end up on Netflix, um, including in America. Um, and then it got bought in America by Pop TV, which is a network, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I would slowly start to notice, especially on Twitter, the increase in memes and references, specifically among gay Twitter, because the character Dan Levy plays, David, is gay. And apparently there is starting throughout the show, I don't know when, but throughout the show, a very genuine, beautiful love story between David and who is his partner? I believe David, just small correction, I believe David uh, is bisexual there's just a very funny scene where he's sort of explaining what he's interested in okay. and it's sort of like or pansexual like it's sort of All right. I, I just thought it was a very funny scene so that's why i bring it up there's a queer um, love story he, yes and uh but he him and a character named patrick fall in love huh. so yeah i would start to see like people i knew and people i didn't know seem to have this really like passionate fandom for Shit's Creek and I was like word and then the motherfucker comes out of nowhere and 360 degree dunks on the Emmys this year and sweeps everything yep acting directing writing if it was a comedy Shit's Creek fucking modern family that shit and just like took everything and left frankly a lot of TV people flat footed I listened to Chris and Andy and they were like have you seen a frame of this show did you even know it existed like because they're like woo the Knicks coming back for a third season but they had no idea like Shit's Creek was a thing like yeah this kind of reminds me of the first year of Brooklyn Nine-Nine right when like, it, won the Go it won the Golden Globe that year right yeah and I was like what the hell I didn't know Andy Samberg had a show oh I was like oh a police show like ugh, a police comedy show and then I, I don't, I guess it came to Netflix and I was like, oh my God, this show is amazing. So yeah, for that reason, especially when it just like swept the Emmys, finally giving Catherine O'Hara some long overdue recognition, goddamn queen that she is. Um, she is. I was like, it's been on Netflix forever and I'm have never watched it. So I watched a couple episodes and I mean, it's fine. <laughs> That's... Well the best I can say about it in first season, like I watched two episodes, there was a pilot and you know, the second, the second episode. And I'm interested enough to like, when I have nothing else, no other itches to scratch. Will I revisit it? Yeah, probably. And I'll keep you updated if I do, but that's on Netflix and apparently it's really good. So, I mean, check that shit out. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Last thing I got to talk about today, Kate gaming update. I'm actually relevant. Oh, that's oh don't you love that moment? I will never be relevant, <laughs> it's, but it's okay. It's so it happens so rarely. Um, 
So I see an ad on Instagram for a game that is apparently from a studio that I've played their games before, but it looks a little different and I'm hearing good things about it. So I try to put it on my iPad and it is too intense for my iPad to run. (laughs) So I had to put it on my phone (laughs) and on my phone, it was okay, but I've never really tried to play a game on my phone. And that was kind of a rough hang for the nature of the game. This is, but then I was like, Oh, it's also on the PS4 done immediately. This is Genshin impact from a studio called, I believe it's Mihoyo. I believe think they're a Chinese studio. I knew them previously from a game called Honkai Impact, which was okay, but had a lot of that weird thing where it's like, it was really good, like, you know, hack and slash, but then also, like, build an apartment for your characters and all that bullshit. I don't want to do that. Fuck that. Um, I just want to cut things. So, basically, what they decided to do was uh, Breath of the Wild. (laughs) That's what they wanted to do. Okay. They just wanted to make Breath of the Wild. And apparently, it's so similar to Breath of the Wild, which I have not played, because why have I not played it, Kate? Oh, it, it's nin- Nintendo, and yes. you will never own it. What, why Why would I never babies. play it? Because it's for babies. Because Nintendo's <laughs> for babies. <laughs> so I never played Breath of the Wild. But initially, I was just stunned by this game on my phone because it was free. I don't know how they're making their money on this game. There is a gotcha element, but you absolutely do not have to engage with it at all if you don't want to. And it is legit just like you're dropped in... You know, a world, you have a little, like, pixie fairy sidekick that comes along with you. And your first levels that I'm kind of on, it's like, you know, there's a dragon that's attacking the town. Real basic stuff. But it's got that Breath of the Wild shit where you can climb everything. You can go everywhere. If there's water, you can swim. If there's a rock, you can climb on it. You might not be strong enough to climb the whole rock, but you can climb it. You've got a little wind glider so you can ride air currents and shit like that. And I'm like, this is a free game. If you've played Breath of the Wild, you're like, there's nothing new here for me, and that's fine. Apparently, people in China were so mad when this game was announced, they were, like, smashing their PS4s. Again, gamers, shut the fuck up. Just calm, just calm down. Um, the, you, can't, you can't patent the jump button. Like, you know, there's a game called Sleeping Dogs, which is like a triad's crime story, and it was basically Arkham Asylum. They just took all that mechanic and threw it into, like, you know, a Chinese mafia game. That's fine. I love when they reskin stuff. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's that meme about, like, you know, can I copy your homework? <laughs> and the, you know, the, the homework is Breath of the Wild, and you made Genshin Impact. It's fine. It looks gorgeous. It's super bright and colorful, much more anime aesthetic. Um, the combat is fine. It's got a really complicated element relationship system, which I have not seen in a game before. Maybe that's been out there before, but I haven't really seen it. Like... Every element reacts to another element in new sort of ways. Right. Like, so you've got your little fire archer type thing, and, like, she'll shoot something, and the grass will catch on fire. The long grass will catch on fire around you. Like, again, was that in Breath of the Wild? Probably, but I hadn't seen before, so shouts. Um, <laughs> you know, things I have seen before, but not frequently, where, like, you know, you have you have your lightning mage, and if, you know, the enemies are standing in water, you can just shoot the water and electrocute them. Like from a distance, like that type of shit. And that's been in Bioshock and stuff like that before, but I haven't seen it since Bioshock, really. I'm just really impressed that they gave away this game for free. And yes, there is a gotcha element, even on the PS4, where you can, like, you know, spend premium currencies to draw for other characters, but they give they give you enough characters to have a pretty, like, sexy-looking party. It's not like I'm, like, fiending for the characters, in, you know, in the gotcha. And the weapons they've given me are strong enough so far, like... 
you basically you draw for weapons and characters and but I have not felt the need to do that really and the grind for currency has been smooth enough thus far. I mean we always know that taps out at a point, but where suddenly I'm not getting free stuff anymore and that's when the itch starts, but I don't really feel the itch yet. I'm just having enough fun just it, with the free to play model. It's it's a full ass game and from even the map that's like grayed out, it looks goddamn huge and I cannot believe somebody thought this was let's make Breath of the Wild and give it away. Right. It seems very very odd to me, but this came out this week on global servers, I think, uh Genshin Impact. There is a co-op multiplayer element to it, I think, as well, which I have not delved into, and it's cross-platform, so like you could be on your phone and I could be on the PS4 and we could both play the same game, which is needs to be in more things. And yeah, I'm just I haven't gotten the pisser, the only pisser is I played it on my phone for like three or four days. Never Yeah. <laughs> never very long because even on my phone it was a resource hog and got a little got a little tetchy. <laughs> sometimes rota- a little tetchy. A little tetchy. Sometimes rotating the camera didn't uh, you know, made it made my phone lay an egg. I could not take my progress on that game and transfer it to the PS4 because the way it you know uses your accounts are different. That's the only pisser, but probably total game time. I was only like one and a half hours in on the phone version of the game, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, I would like to get Barbara again. I never even got a chance to use her very well. Barbara? She's like a music mage or something. I don't know. It's a dope-ass game, and I'm like impressed with it. And like, yes, if you see your, if you see a character from this game standing in front of a cooking pot, you're immediately going to go like, meh, if you're a passionate N- Nintendo baby, but... I'm not. Passionate Nintendo, baby. Passionate Nintendo. Is there any other kind, Kate? Is there any other kind? Passionate Nintendo, baby. <laughs> well, on that note, friends, we'll take a break right here. And when we come back, Cinematic September wraps up. Get, yep. Get into a Spike Lee joint. Black Klansman when we come back after the break. Welcome back to the second half of the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the things that we brought each other, except this week, Jordan and I watched the same thing as a, like, ending. Well, yeah, but as an ending to cinematic Septopher. 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 In honor of one of the cast members. Septopher. Septopher. Um, and I had been interested in seeing this for a while. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be a great conversation. Um, and it's just appeared on Netflix. So we're, we're kind of relevant. Um, (laughs) but before we talk about the thing that we are going to talk about, we have some rules. Mm -hmm. The first rule is the rule of three, which is if it comes in parts, we'll watch three of them, but it does not apply this week because it was a movie and we watched all of it. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the things we watched until we are sitting in front of these microphones yep. slash headphones. Um, and I, like, I don't even know if Jordan watched it. It was long. We know what he, how he feels about long stuff. Mm. He might have just pieced out halfway through. You never know. I have no idea. Well, uh, it's because we want you guys to have hat, hat, hat. Them hot ass takes. Hey, Kate. 
Yeah. If you want to be relevant to the kids in your driving school, just kick in the door tomorrow and start screaming and whap at them. <laughs> no, then I'll just be like that crazy 30-year-old lady you without kids. definitely will be. I'm sure, I'm sure they think I have like 80,000 cats at home. Um, anyway. You want those hot-ass takes. That's what we come to bring you. Yep. Um, and finally... The rule that is not really a rule, it is more of just a policy, there will be spoilers. As our girl Amber and, said, they don't exist. Yeah, they don't exist. It's if, if you don't want me to spoil something, watch it. So, if you haven't seen this, and you're like, no, <laughs> go and watch Black Klansmen on Netflix. It's right there. Right there. Right there. Um, and, uh, come back and join us. So Kate brought this in. She was like, this is on Netflix or coming to Netflix and I want to watch it. And I was like, Hey, I never got a problem with this director. So let's, uh, let's see what he got for us on this story. So yes, this is black Klansman, a 2018 American biographical crime drama film directed by Spike Lee, written by Charlie Wachtel, David Rabinovitz, Kevin Wilmot and Spike Lee based on the 2014 memoir Black Klansman by Ron Stallworth. The film stars John David Washington, which I did not realize was Denzel Washington's child. It is. Along with Adam Driver, Laura Harrier, and your boy Topher Grace, set in the 1970s in Colorado Springs, the plot follows the first African-American detective in the city's police department as he sets out to infiltrate and expose the local Ku Klux Klan chapter. So that's basically the logline. Um... Stallworth sees a mention of the Klan in a local newspaper and calls them to try to set up a meeting, see what, see what's up. And they're like, yeah, come down to this thing or whatever. And he's like, I can't go to that meeting. I'm a black man. So he gets uh, your boy Flip, played by Adam Driver, which, by the way, sidebar, every time I see Adam Driver now, I think of John Oliver's inappropriate thirst for Adam Driver, which he has made an oncoming, ongoing bit. <laughs> On his show. Oh, yeah. Sneeze in my McFlurry, you pensive bison. Ravage my lungs, you relentless hillock. So, yes, you then have basically Stallworth, the, the original Stallworth, on the phone talking to members of the clan, and Flip Zimmerman, the animal driver, playing white Ron Stallworth, actually going to the meetings and, you know, doing that side of the investigation, doing the undercover work on that side of the investigation. Um,. So that's the plot, but the plot really, I don't, what do you think, Kate? <laughs> um, I think it was, I think it was good. Um, there are definitely weird moments tonally that are disjointed in the film. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I like the movie. If we want to go like, did you like this movie? Y slash N. Yes, I liked the movie. Yes, quite a bit as it went on. Actually, um, like Kate said, there there are moments where I don't have a problem with Spike Lee using this story to like pointedly talk about the racism that still exists in the world. Yeah, even to the point where like by the end of the movie, you are seeing footage from Charlottesville, um, and the movie is dedicated to what was her name Heather Hare. I believe so. Um, who was an activist who was run over when some 
asshole drove a car through a crowd of protesters in Charlottesville. Topher Grace plays David Duke, the Klan leader. As a child who was barely culturally aware in the 80s, like, I still knew who David Duke was because he was, like, making the talk yeah. show circuits and, like, trying to bring the Klan into, like, mainstream acceptability. He ran for office. I don't know if he won. I don't think he did, but even on a local level. But um, you see the real David Duke at Charlottesville talking about all the good things Trump's going to do to this, like, back and forth. This clearly, like, back and forth cut of... um. So, like, the black act, this, the black activism culture in the 70s plays a big role in the film as well. In the subplot, um, Stallworth has a love interest who is the president of the Black Student Union. Um, and he kind of first starts. He, that's what it was. Forgive me if I get some of the plot wrong because I was watching this, like, not in one go. Like Kate said, it's long. <laughs> um, so I had to watch it in a few bite-sized chunks, which I don't recommend. But... He basically, he gets hired as the first black cop on this police force, promptly gets thrown in the records room, um, does not want to be there. And he hates get, the records room. Hates, as he says, hates the records room. And I really like the character of the chief, actually, who is like, not racist, but a realist, I guess, which is not great either. Right. But he's basically like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, and and I like the, the, the idea, like, just that... Um... It was a great shot near the beginning of the film of the the chief and then the I don't know what he was public office or something. He's a uh, the, local the politician of some gentleman. kind, I think. Yeah, who basically the white the white chief is trying to carefully go around the point that he may be called certain things, and basically the uh, black gentleman just says like, "How how are you going to react when a white cop calls you the n word?" Yeah. And it's just, like, very straight with it. Um, and I love the character because the he, he, question he always asks is, will that happen? Like, it <laughs> happens all throughout the film, just, will, will that happen? Um, the, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it will. And the chief basically says, like, I will have your back, but ultimately you're going to have to carry the weight of this. There's only so much I can do. Yeah. Um, which I kind of liked and, you know. You're unsure about the chief at various times, um, but then ultimately by the end of it, uh, which I'm sure was a fictitious add-on, but there was a nice little little moment at the end of the movie uh, about some you know racist cop that gets gets brought up uh, with you know harassment charges uh, at the end of the movie. So Stallworth gets off of the records room because Stokely Carmichael, the Black Panther, is giving a talk at the Black Student Union, and the police force is a little antsy about that. You know, they don't want the black community getting too riled up. Yeah. So they need somebody to go in and just kind of like see what he's saying behind closed doors. And they need a black person to do that. So that's how he gets starts in this undercover work. Um, and ultimately infiltrates the clan. Now my big quibble, got quibbles. with the movie at one point was, I feel like for the movie to succeed, you kind of have to stop asking questions about the investigation itself. What do you mean? Like once the driver character pulls it off and establishes himself in there, I'm like, why do we need OG Ron, original recipe Ron, to be like on the phone with people? Like, why do we need two of them doing I think, this? Well, <laughs> I think it was more to like 
make connections specifically with David Duke. Because mm. he wasn't really talking to the other guys not, afterwards. Not he was frequently, really no. really trying to get information from David Duke. Yeah, but initially I was just like, well, what's, why, 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 do, why do you still need to be here? But what's I for some reason maybe just the quality of the characters and the acting the acting is fantastic. There's a the cast is it all is. fantastic, um, and I can cop to not being super familiar with the work of Human Redwood Adam Driver um, <laughs> <laughs> because I deliberately avoided the program girls with every fiber of my being when it was around and. As a result, only know him as Kylo Ren. <laughs> so I've never really seen yes. him get to do anything but be Kylo Ren. So to see him actually act, there's a scene where he talks about he's, like, what would you call it, ethnically Jewish, but not practicing. Yeah. Um, And then he's in this room with people who are just, you know, because the only thing the Klan hates worse than black people are Jewish people. Um, and what do they hate more? I don't know. It's probably close. It's, it's close to I believe it's definitely black people. Probably black. <laughs> You're probably right. Well, it's they, they think that there's like a, a they insanely think there's like a Jewish conspiracy. Jewish people run the country. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're poor because of Jewish people. Around the people. world. Yeah. You're poor because Jewish people took all the money. Um. And he has this scene with because initially it's like <laughs> Ron can't understand why Flip doesn't feel more invested in this. Like, right. as he says, you have skin in the game and he doesn't like, I really, I really don't. And he gives this kind of like speech monologue later in the movie to Ron about how, like, you know, I wasn't going to bar mitzvahs. I didn't have a bar mitzvah. Like I wasn't around Jewish kids. I never like identified of it, but now it's like all I'm thinking about. Right. Like ritual and tradition and heritage, like, and the notion of passing, which he had never heard before and Ron breaks down to him, you know, it's what light skinned black people do. They try to pass as a white person. And I just, I really loved that scene and thought driver played it, delivered it, uh, really effectively. Oh, and, and Washington gets his own scene like that where, um, they're like out at a shooting range, just kind of shooting the shit. It's the first lead you get that like upper echelon military people are in the clan. Yeah. Because this was at a time when the Klan was like resurged. The Klan, I don't know all the history of the Klan, but like in the like 20th century, there was like a resurgence of the Klan. Um, and that may have been in high levels of the military, possibly government, who knows. But it's a scene where they're at a shooting range and, you know, slips with them and they're like, you know, placing bets on, you know, shooting accuracy. And then they all leave and Ron's been surveilling them and he comes out and looks at the targets, which are obviously, you know, black children, black people in silhouette and just the silent performance he gives just kind of like gingerly touching it and like the look on his face. It doesn't really get to him visibly throughout the movie. He's pretty, <laughs> I'm sure he's not chill about it, but I mean, he's pretty restrained. Uh, through most of the movie. And that's the one moment where he kind of breaks. And I found that really effective as well. Anyway, I'm yipping a lot. What did you like about the movie, Kate? Um, I like movies when I learn so much about <laughs> things I did not know. Um, and it's kind, I'm kind of ashamed. I did not know what The Birth of a Nation was. I knew that it was a really? movie. And I knew that it came out a long time ago. Had no idea 
what the movie was about. Yeah. I thought it was about uh like a, a epic about literally like America from like its beginnings to a certain time. Did not know that it was originally called The Klansman and was basically this racist romp. And I thought the you know, putting beside the movie um like like side by side the the movie the members of the Ku Klux Klan that were watching the movie Ron watching the movie from this small window and then the black gentleman discussing with the um group of students what happened to this kid he knew yeah that was, that was the kid. scene i was going to call out earlier as far as like this it's clearly like playing back and forth, you know, the black people gathering, watching something and the white people, the racist gathering and watching something. Um, and that was, that was really interesting, but like some of the bits of the, they show pieces of the film and I was horrified, did not realize. And I'm ashamed of that because, and I'm ashamed that we just didn't, we don't know more about the history. Um, we never learn it in school. Yeah. I mean, partially they, they see it as like black history, but I think it's very important to understand the different streams of history that come together in and out. Um, anyways, so that was, that was wild. And just other things I did not know about. Um, it was all very, very interesting. Um, I thought... He did a good job. Spike Lee did a great job of, like, putting in point. You obviously knew what he was doing, but when he was like, Ron was like, they'll never elect a guy like that. Mm. A guy like that will never be president. Like, you know what he's doing. Well, and Topher Grace thought, basically says, make America great again. Like, Yes, yeah. And you see what he's doing, and, and that's good. I thought the part at the end with the protests was it wasn't as well done. Mm. Um. Uh, not that showing the protest was wrong. I just didn't think it was as well done as it could be. Um, I loved the acting. I thought the actors were all fantastic. Um, I did not believe the relationship between the crazy racist guy and his wife, Connie. No? Um, <laughs> Felix? No. I, I mean, they were both great actors, but just – and, like, when their their pillow talk is talking about killing black people <laughs> – like, that that was, like, amusing as far as, like, this is so fucked up. Um, there are a lot of moments where you're like, this is so fucked up. I also learned a lot about insults for black people that I did not know existed. Oh. Um, yeah. Someone did not so, grow up in the Canadian South. <laughs> I, I did not, apparently. Um, yeah, so, like, again, and there are parts where the movie like aesthetically changes a bit. Um, the Stokely like Carmichael is speech a... is the one that jumped out at me. The first, act, the first and... activist speech where he's like framing the faces of black folks. Like, yeah, well, I don't know what happened... the technique will be called, but he, it's clearly like a difference in like presentation. Yeah. And the same, that is, so that moment, the only other time you really see that kind of almost surrealism is when, at the very end, and Ron and his girlfriend, whose name I can't remember, I feel bad, um, 
come out of their apartment and they see in the distance, in the window in the distance, there's a cross, a cross burning. burning yeah. And they slowly like float. Yeah, down to the hallway. Window. That I find like a Kubrick looking thing. I guess. Yeah, it was very, it was very like surrealist. Um, not again that that's bad, but you don't really see that in the rest of the film, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's just like a a thing that he does. Uh, like I just don't know enough about his movies. Uh, no, I mean, um, I don't think so. I don't. Th- is that a is that a signature move of his? I actually don't know. I've only seen. I'm not a like thorough Spike Lee fan. I've seen a few of them. Um, I've only seen, I've seen Malcolm X. Um, I've seen at least one other one, but I didn't remember that happening. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was just, it was a really interesting film. I loved the, again, the acting really blew me away. There was no bad acting. To, the, um, to that end, I have two things left in my notes that I want to call out. Uh, one, yeah. Kate, Kate mentioned a scene where a like you know black activist is talking about his friend who was like you know typical sort of thing accused of like you know, Emmett Till type stuff. I, actually, I should look up if it was a true story. I assume it probably was. Um, I, I believe it was. Where this you know um, was he convicted of assaulting a white woman or? Yes. He yeah, was. and is then basically like drawn and quartered in the street. Um, right. Of course it's a true story. They had actual photos of his remains, um, in the movie. And the person telling that story is Harry motherfucking Belafonte. And the second he showed up, I was like, fuck yeah. Um, I did not realize that was him. And the other thing I want to call out this movie for, and it's such a weird thing to call out. This movie has the best spit take in modern cinema history. Does it? It's just a random scene where... Ron's on the phone with David Duke and his sergeant has come out of his office and is sitting on the desk and they're both listening to Duke talk. Yeah. And Duke is talking about how he can tell Ron at this point is trolling David Duke a lot. Um, yeah. And is like implying that like there's a brief moment of tension where you think that maybe David Duke says he can always tell when he's talking to a black person. Ron thinks, Oh my God, is the, is the game up? And, Duke points out that, like, you know, well, take yourself, Ron. Like, you say you say the word R, like a proper, you know, Aryan brother. Whereas a black person, you ever notice they always say R, like, Ara? Like, Ara, you going to fry up that delicious chicken jive soul brother? And it cuts to his sergeant spit-taking <laughs> and how ridiculous oh, yeah. David Duke is. And I fucking busted out. Because who uses a spit take anymore? And that was just so... Shouts to the actor playing the sergeant. Shouts to Spike Lee for just like, yeah, spit take. Um, I was not expecting that. And like, he just blows his coffee all over the place. And Ron's like, shut the fuck up. Like, well, yeah. And even later, when they're all around. When they're like, all listening around. to him. And he, he's leaving and he hears his phone ringing. And he just cannot help himself. He knows he's off. He knows the, the investigation has been shut down uh, for budget cuts. And he's like about to leave the office and he hears his desk phone ringing and he just, he can't not. And he goes back and it's him and flip and the other guy who the other, like Mike tech who like always wires them up and the sergeant are just all sitting, listening to David Duke, like get trolled by Ron. 
And that's your, like, also, what passes for a happy ending, I guess. <laughs> and just, I, I, sorry, this, I forgot about this, maybe because the movie's so long. Um, again, this is probably, this is definitely a blind spot in my history. I don't, Alec Baldwin, Baldwin is at the beginning of this. Yes. Of this movie. Yes. I don't know who or what he is. I am. I'm trying to look it up. He apparently plays Doctor Kennebrew Beauregard, but I don't think that's not. Is that a real person? A, a real person. Um, why is he there? Why did we open with that? It was Very just a clan. It was a clan recruitment video, wasn't it? Or maybe. Yeah, I guess. I'm just situating you in the type of world that we were we were living in then. It was really fucked up, though. And also, um, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I mean, did that need to be there? I don't I don't know. It's not like he shows up again. He's just there in a cameo to play this part. Um, and it made me think initially that this movie was going to be a lot more arty than it actually was. Because the way it's shot, the way it's like, you know, includes all the moments that like we on this podcast when we trip over our words. But he's Alec Baldwin, so he like is really like aggressive and like sounds like forgive the comparison sounds like he has Tourette's like he just has these like rage filled outbursts type of thing and like when he trips over his lines um yeah while he's like standing in front of a projector that's like showing things on like it looks like the end of the world basically it's like <laughs> he's just like standing there with these projected images all over him talking about you know the supremacy of the white race type of thing and some woman off camera is like coaching him or encouraging him sort of thing and then it, that that's it and it's gone and it like you never see him again um, yeah. And I thought that was gonna That combined with the like framing of black faces During the Stokely Carmichael speech Sorry Kwame Ture he had changed his name by that point Made me think oh this is going to be like a real art movie And it's not that arty a movie It does it does have those, no, no, those moments not. But it's definitely worth a watch yeah, Oh absolutely And even if it just like Gets you interested in things Like me where I was just like Oh I gotta look that up And like oh my god I didn't know about this thing And what the fuck, Birth of a Nation? <laughs> I think I'm just going to call it The Klansman because that is much more apt name. But anyways, I, yeah. So I, I would give it a seven. Like, I, it, it was a good movie. It had some weird bits. It was a little long. Didn't think it had to be quite that long. But yeah, Play, definitely play, watch it. Katie Mack playing the Jordan role <laughs> did not need to be that long. Um, yeah, I give, I give it a seven and a half. What's I, the half for? Adam Driver. Crush my ribcage, you load-bearing behemoth. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, that's on your Netflix. Watch it at your leisure. Friends, thus concludes another Cinematics October. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be off next week because yeah. it is Thanksgiving here in Canada. The proper weekend, the proper harvest season. Can you do anything right, America? So we will be off next week spending time with family or doing cute stuff. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be doing. Maybe we're doing cute. Maybe we're spending time with family. Maybe we're just avoiding the plague outside. Who knows what we'll be doing, but we will not be doing a podcast. You will survive. You will persevere. I guarantee you. We'll be back in two weeks for the start of spoopy season, which is kind of unofficial. We just, it's the time for it. We just love to get some spoop out there for you in the month of October. And then that's going to pass like a blink friends. And after that, 
Oh, you know what time it is. So exciting. It's time for some crap. You wait for it all year. We wait for it all year. We cannot wait to bring it to you. Before that, spoops, which we'll get into in two weeks' time. Friends, Canadians, have a fabulous Thanksgiving. Friends, just enjoy your week. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Wash your hands. Wear a goddamn mask. My God, wear a goddamn mask. (laughs) You see what happens when you don't, leader of the free world. And we'll be back with you before you know it. Friends, thank you for joining us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope you will join us for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Bye. We didn't even have a tag last week, Kate. We were so efficient. We were so efficient last week. We didn't even have a tag. That's sad. That actually just makes me sad. <laughs> I was like, I you have... should always have a tag, George. I was, I was like, I have nothing. <laughs> like we were not even I'll funny. Stuff. I mean, like, boo, boo, back, boo. <laughs> like I will just, I will scat. I will. I'll tell you bad dad jokes. <laughs> the, I don't care. The people need a tag. <laughs>